0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, now on the C-Suite Network. very excited today, as I always am, because we have... Another great episode of Amazing Business Radio, we are going to be talking with, in just a moment, Jeffrey Shaw, who's just written an amazing book titled Lingo, Discover Your Ideal Customer's Secret Language and Make Your Business Irresistible. The book is called Lingo, and guess what? It's coming out today on Amazon. So, Jeffrey, welcome to Amazing
1: Business Radio. Hey, Shep. Thank you. I'm glad to be here with you.
0: So you, you, you're a customer service guy. You've written this book. And the other thing that people should know about you is that you are a uh, somewhat uh, famous photographer. Your work <laughs> has ap- appeared on, on The Oprah Show and CBS and O Magazine, People Magazine, New York Magazine. And here you are doing customer service. So Why?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? When you've been in business for 30 year 33 years selling one of the most difficult things you can sell, you learn to you learn customer service. You know, I mean, the fact of the matter is I was 23 years old, uh, 20 years old, actually, when I originally went into business as, as a photographer, failed miserably for the first three years, reinvented myself. Uh, knowing then that you know my ideal customers which is what lingo is all about that's the result of the book the result of of reading lingo is that you learn to build a business where you're working only, to, only with your ideal customers so after three years of struggle i reinvented myself towards my ideal customer who were the affluent the problem was i was a poor middle class kid at best right lower middle class okay what did i know about the affluent so um you know I ended up i I think really understanding customer service in a way that very few people would ever have an opportunity to because I came from you know I came from one area of life, wound up serving the richest people in the country, selling the most difficult thing you can sell i mean photographers have i think the second highest failure rate behind restaurants, really. Yeah, it's a huge – it's it's not a – you is know it nobody
0: artist or is it just photographer?
1: Well, you know, I don't – it probably – hey, most artists don't even know they're in business, right? I mean it's the whole struggling art, artist uh, mentality. Uh, but, you know, a lot of photographers try to go into business. No one – no photographer wakes up and thinks this is the easy way to make money. You know, so you're inherently selling a difficult thing. And in my case, I really doubled up on the challenge by, hey, let's target, you know, the most challenging people in the country.
0: So what, so what kind of pictures did yeah. you take? I mean, or do so, you take? Is yeah. it portrait. So is it?
1: It's yep, portraits. Mm-hmm. Portraits of families and children, um, all in location, of very affluent families. So it's it's very specific. You could say niche, which is interesting now because I'm, you know, some people say I'm the anti-niche guy. I just want to redefine niche. I talk about this on Lingo about the new niche. You know, because I know the old niche. The old niche is pick one thing to do to one specific audience. That was great in the eighties and nineties. But that mentality just—it's falling apart, you know. I mean, it just doesn't work today, which is why I talk about the new niche, which is no longer about one thing you do, one audience, but it's your, what is your area of expertise from which you can expand on and actually serve multiple audiences. We may or may not go into that, but that's—oh no, no! You know, I got to tell you
0: right yeah, now—that yeah. that's been my whole <laughs> mantra of my yeah. entire life is that yeah. I'm a customer service guy. That's what I know best, and I make it apply mm-hmm. to everybody. And there are people in my world that say. You know, you should specialize in just financial services or just the hospitality world. And uh, I I have worked in all of those areas and many, many more. But I I agree with you. Sometimes, you know, they say uh, the riches are in the niches. Or the niches, if I guess for mm-hmm. the affluent, it's the niches. Okay, <laughs> but it but rhymes with riches, it so you know. So the riches <laughs> are in the niches. Okay, <laughs> but seriously, no, I, I think you're you're something here. That mm-hmm. uh, if you've got an expertise, you know, you can go deep and vertical into an area. But you know, do you miss opportunity in other areas by by not expanding your right.
1: your mind? So, yeah. so what I say is go deep and horizontal. Right. So actually what you're going deep towards is what is your, your area of expertise? Mm-hmm. By definition, the word area has, is expansive. And this is what I love about the idea of the new niche. It's the, for the first time an expansive business model so that what you're really going deep on. And I'm a business coach. I mean, that's where I'm coming from. I've been coaching, uh, entrepreneurs for the past seven, eight years. So, you know, this is the work I do. I want to, I go deep. I help people define their, i their area of expertise define their ideal audience which actually has more to do with them than it does the audience and then build a brand and a business for them so actually what you're doing is you're going you're going deep and narrow in that you're defining who you know who you can serve and what your area of expertise is once you've nailed that down chef you then can go horizontal because there are multiple audiences that want your core strength right Right. Right. And it's imperative today, because if you don't do that, you know, it's you can become irrelevant so quick. Yep. And
0: I know uh, I'm going to tell you, I am in total 100 percent agreement in your philosophy. And I have been just living that since since Mm -hmm. I started my career. And there are others who tell me I am missing opportunity by not being known as the expert in one little industry. And you know what? Maybe. Maybe I am a smaller fish in a really really large pond, but that pond is so large that when the economy hits and one area of the world is not doing well, I'm able to work with another area. Absolutely. And, and my friends yes. who are niched in particular industries, if their industry decides to tank for whatever reason, maybe they're maybe it's economic, maybe it's just they're no longer relevant, what happens? You know, you have to start over. So, um, I mean, there, we can get into the business philosophies <laughs> later. I want to talk about this concept that, you know, customer service and customer experience in the current marketplace. You feel that many of us are doing it
1: wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a couple things. One is my, my dream for lingo, even just as a word. Forget about the book. I hope lingo will become the new marketing buzzword, right? Because what have they been for a few years now? The marketing buzzwords for years now have been buyer personas and avatars, demographic statistics, blah blah blah, behavior, things like that. That's you know, and hey, I'm grateful it's gotten us to where we are. You know, the fact that businesses build buyer personas is light years from the way it used to be maybe. But I don't think it's enough anymore. And I think consumers moving forward are going to require that you know a lot more about them than what you you know what you think they're about they want you to actually get them and that's what speaking someone's lingo lingo by definition is a, is a it's a language amongst your community so as a business who is your who is your community that you want to you know serve and whether it's through a service or a product who's your community and what is what is the the lingo the essence of who they are. Lingo goes beyond just you know corporate lingo or language of a of an industry. Lingo as I define it is understanding the unspoken, the essence of someone. And when you speak to that, if you, if when a business speaks to kind of that unspoken essence, people just feel like man this brand this business gets me, I share their values. That's when people show up and they show up committed and they re- remain loyal customers.
0: I love it. I love it. And again, I want to remind everybody that today the book is coming out. If you are listening to our show on the day the show comes out, you are getting ready to jump in on the ground floor to buy the book Lingo, which is available uh, everywhere because Amazon is pretty much everywhere. So Amazon.com. Go on. Go on. Uh, just type in Lingo Jeffrey Shaw. And if you want, go to JeffreyShaw.com. It's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. But that's right, JeffreyShaw.com, and that's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y Shaw.com forward slash ABR for Amazing Business Radio. What will they find when they get to that website?
1: So we've put together actually a lingo media kit, um, so that people can really step into you know understand what I'm all about. Again, I'm going to walk my own talk, speak my own lingo. So in the Lingo Media Kit, there is an infographic of the five steps, uh, that build the five strategies that build the secret language strategy and also a free chapter of the book, which is chapter three, not the proverbial number one. It's chapter three because that's the most important chapter. What is and it? there's an audit. So is. it's the, so chapter number three is the first of the five steps to build the secret language strategy right. and it's perspective. Because you know what, Shep, you can't move forward in speaking someone's secret language. You can't move forward. You can't go past go and understand the essence of someone until you first understand their perspective in the world. And most businesses think, oh, I know my customers. Well, do you really? Like, do you really know what life looks like for them? Do you know their values? Do you know their priorities? Do you know how they shop? Do you know what brands they're currently interacting with? This is the work I did. As you know, a lower middle class kid learning to serve the affluent, and it is the most important thing any business can do. So that you're actually building a business for your ideal customer, instead of what most people do is they build the business they want, and then they spend years trying to cram people into that business. Yeah, yep. It's, <laughs> right?
0: It's, yeah. They did. Yeah. They, it's like I have this idea, and before they they just roll out without a real plan. And the first plan is to come at it from your customer's perspective. So that's going to be number one. And actually, when we come back uh, toward the end of the show, I want to talk about the other four. But for right now, I want to make sure I understand that we didn't leave off, we didn't leave, you didn't do the political spin and move somewhere else. You say that many of us are doing it wrong. And mm-hmm. before we take the break, I want you to tell us what we're doing wrong in, when it comes to customer service. Is it sure. serving everybody as if they're the same? Uh, what, what, what's wrong?
1: Yeah, I think what, in part they're treating everybody the same. Take our email lists, right? What do, what do people do? People have been spending years now building their email list, you know, their database. Which right there, I, I one suggestion I make in lingo is to stop calling it a database, stop calling it email list. You're building a community. And when you start thinking about those emails of people that you have as a community, that should up your game on your level of responsibility and care for them. Stop looking at them as a, just a plain old you know email address and a bunch of people uh, on a in a database. but start treating them like a community right so there's a, you want to speak to the people in that community a little different they They might have common values so they are a community as a whole. but what are you know, say so for example, my business? As a business coach, I work with people that are startups and I work with people that have been in business for decades, right? So I need to speak to them slightly different so that I'm speaking their lingo. What what they need and the support and help I can offer to them is actually pretty much the same. But how I attract them, what how I serve their individual needs is slightly different. So you want to speak to their – so one thing we're doing wrong is that we're throwing everybody into one bucket instead of understanding that, you know, we need to talk to be a little different. The other thing I talk about in lingo that I think a lot of us are doing wrong is around experience. And, again, I'm always grateful for everything that got us here, but it's time for – we have to innovate. We have to change. And for the last several years, there's been a big concentration in business on – experience that we're selling experiences the problem is people are now cramming the experience the business wants for their customers down their throat instead of letting the customers create their own experience this i think is a game changer because just look at the behavior of your typical consumer keeping in mind millennials are coming along as a major consumer force And they want to create their own experiences. It's it's why they go to concerts and they live stream it. It's why Instagram stories are huge. It's, you know, people want Snapchat. Other generations, you know, those of us that are older have been wondering, why is this stuff important? Why is it important for people to post videos that disappear in 24 hours? Well, because the generation behind us, the millennials coming along, this major consumer force, they want to create their own experience. So they want, to, they want to interact with your business. You want to provide the opportunity for your business, for your customers, to kind of create their own experience. So you're setting the stage, if you will. Yeah, And you I, want to I encourage don't. them to participate in social media. So
0: the biggest takeaway, I mean, obviously this is all good information, but I love the big takeaway for me that you just gave us is that we don't have a database anymore. We don't have a client list, that word list, database. It's all about the community. And when you start to change the vocabulary ever so slightly and you call it a community, all of a sudden it has a different spin and that there's some ownership and you're part of the community. So what can you do to make sure that your community is the best that it can be and give your community the best that they deserve? We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Lingo, the new book by Jeffrey Shaw, available as of today at amazon.com you can go to jeffreyshaw.com forward slash abr download a chapter or just go straight to amazon and buy the book Uh, when we come back we're going to talk about the long-held pareto principle the 80 20 rule is outdated and that every customer is worth the time and effort that you should give them we'll be right back don't go away this is amazing business radio This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Jeffrey Shaw about his new book, Lingo. And now we're going to talk about the Pareto Principle. I remember that Pareto Principle for years and years. You know, 80%, 20%. twenty percent, 80% of your business comes from 20% of your customers. In other words, focus on those top 20. Don't even worry about the other 80%. Is that really the way we should be thinking
1: well, I think worse yet, Shep, is that if you buy into that principle, that means you're wasting your time, and if eight, you're wasting your time on eight out of ten customers, right? And, yeah, and if- it's
0: crazy. And by <laughs> the way, I, I would consider every customer worth their weight in gold yeah. because even the small ones. You know what? I, I once went to a, a clothing store. Many years ago, and and still to this day, I, I will occasionally buy clothes from, and I remember uh, I would come in only when everything went on sale, and I would buy a few hundred dollars worth of clothes, and, you know, granted, everything was 50% off after Christmas, and I once said, do you ever mind me coming in here, the fact that I only buy once a year, and I only buy when it's on sale? He said, Shep, if I had a thousand customers that did exactly what you did, I would be a happy guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know I wasn't as big customer. I was the tiniest of tiny customers.
1: So I don't know. But it's, 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 you know, you're continuous. So my feeling is, again, if we, what pains me as a coach for entrepreneurs is watching people buy into that principle. Because then what happens, they wind up running their business in in a way that they accept whatever comes along. And the reason I wrote Lingo, the entire goal of the book is to get people to refine their business so that you're working only with your ideal customers. Right now, ideal might be for some it might be you know a lot of money all at once or it might be more like you where you have uh, cu- customers that come on an ongoing basis as you as example you gave the point the problem is that you don't want to be focused on you know trying to please everyone. we know how dangerous that is in business but if you if you embrace the idea of the 80 20 rule, then you're really allowing yourself to waste a whole lot of time and t- the problem with that today, Shep, is that it takes so hard to get customers i mean it's so much it takes so much time it's really hard just to simply stand out by the time you have you know stood out and you got somebody's business you want to you want to have the maximum opportunity with that customer the whole point of of lingo and getting the ideal customers to create a brand that is speaking the secret language of your ideal customer so that you stand out it's like you're on the same wavelength with your ideal customer. So that you, in the end, you can end up with a business that, hey, maybe it's 95.5, maybe it's 100. You know, that was my experience as a photographer. Every one of my clients paid off. I didn't even refer, I didn't even refer to in my business. It, I didn't refer to it as an average sale, right? Because average implies a high and low, right? What I wanted was a typical. I wanted a band right in the middle where I knew all my customers were going to come in and, and invest this uh, very similar amount of money all right, right. I, I actually, I, i'm going to make predictability sure predictability was more important this. right mm-hmm. i understand
0: so the the difference between you know the the word average and and that that to me is almost semantics however uh i'm getting the sense that you still do believe in the 8020 rule but what you're trying to say is it's there uh and you and and but what you're trying to accomplish is to talk your customers language to market to them to create experiences in such a way that they only refer similar customers to you so that you are only dealing with a particular group of customers a- am i right is this what i'm correct
1: okay. closer yeah i mean like i said the 80 principle, the 80 20 rule the predator principle it's hard to deny it exists what i'm saying is i don't think it works any longer for entrepreneurs and small businesses and we don't have to buy into it instead Instead of just accepting, well, you know, eight out of ten customers won't be worth my time, we can actually rebrand our businesses. We can speak the secret language of our ideal customers and only call those customers forward. So the result is is that you wind up working with your ideal customer who tells you about more ideal customers. They refer you, talk about you to other people who are just like them. You wind up having a business that's in a very positive cycle. It's in a very positive cycle, a tight cycle of working only with your ideal customers.
0: All right. So it sounds to me like it's more like focusing on your marketing efforts, focusing your sales efforts on the customers that meet a certain profile. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the, well, I'll bet that you have experience with the business that you just. Have you ever felt like a business just gets you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That that's what people, you're going right. for, I re, right? I refer to that often. The, the idea of feeling get you, like I refer to that in the book often. Like you want you want your ideal customers to feel like, now I've just got to do business with this business. They they just get me, because then Shep it allows you actually to charge a premium price, right? And they will they'll pay that premium price. Yep, because the we price will...
0: becomes less relevant. But here's exactly. the thing: how do you make every customer feel that way? Or are you saying don't do that?
1: If you're only working with your ideal customers, it's easy. And this is the irony of the whole thing. It's like, you know, when you build a business using the secret language strategy and you're only working with your ideal customers, it's actually remarkably easy because you actually – you've done the work, what we're going to go through in these five steps. You've done the work. So you know them so remarkably well. You're giving them a sense that, man, this brand, this business really gets me. Chef, we we look around. Like we, I'll give you a couple examples. Harley Davidson does this brilliantly, Right. I mean, Harley Davidsons as a brand. Has an, they speak a language of their ideal customers who feel completely bonded and loyal. Such that a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I was in a grocery store and there was a the bald man at the register next to me had the Harley Davidson logo tattooed on his bald head,
0: on his. Right? Head. I mean,
1: on his that's head. A I'm thinking serious that is,
0: advertising space that's right there.
1: Serious brand loyalty, right? <laughs> but Apple, Apple creates incredible brand loyalty. So. You know, it's this is this is something we as small businesses and entrepreneurs can do because you feel like, man, that 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 brand is that business is really speaking my language. They get me. I I have a similar mission in life values. I value similar things. Price becomes far less relevant.
0: All right. So I'm going to try to put this into words that I can understand because I think it it sounds I, I get it. I think what you're talking about is a hard fact that we should all embrace. But it's difficult when you're using huge brands like Apple who appeal to so many people. But, hey, you know, there are a lot of people that say, I won't use an Apple computer. And you know what Apple says to them? Fine, we don't want you. I mean, we'd love to have you if you want to come in and check out our items in our stores or go online. But, you know, our real Apple zealots they are the ones that have propelled our brand. Uh, a Harley. A Harley is a machine that's loud and it shakes and some people would say you know what i'd rather have that bmw motorcycle that's smooth and really really sleek and fast and and uh, you know you it purrs it doesn't you know and so harley says you know something that's that's fine We don't want you. Let's use Southwest Airlines. If you want – and I remember sitting in on a lecture by an executive, Southwest Airlines, and somebody says, there's some of you out there that like your your free first-class upgrades or like to sit in the first-class section of an airplane. Hey, we'd love for you to come and join us, but you know what? We're not going to waste our time trying to please you. We can't and we don't want to. So we're going to talk the language of the people that we want to do business with.
1: And that's what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. Got it. That's exactly it. And put all your attention there because they they are your as uh, Eddie Yoon. I interviewed him for my podcast Creative uh, Words. We just had Eddie, Eddie on you,
0: recently. Great okay. Guy. Cool. Well, he
1: calls them super consumers, right? right. Mm-hmm. That's you want to you want to call forward, and that's that's the the, the result of speaking. see that's how you get them. How you get those super consumers? How you get those loyal customers is by speaking their secret language
0: yep now you have uh you just mentioned it let's sneak it in here you have a popular business bod uh, biz- I, i'm going to try to talk today a business podcast a, <laughs> yes. or how about a business podcast no or a, we have a popular <laughs> business podcast it is called creative warriors that is your podcast correct and <laughs> yes. uh that's and so tell us a little bit about that because our Friends out there who are listening might want to learn more—not just about you, but you know, if, listen to you. You, you have—you sure. obviously are very strongly uh, enthusiastic about this whole concept. We can learn a lot from you. So, tell us about Creative Warriors.
1: Sure, Well, Creative Warriors. Uh, gosh, I've been doing it for three and a half years. Um, it is a show designed really for entrepreneurs, or as I say, small businesses of five or fewer people. That's not to say that aren't. I mean, it's you know. It's a big, pretty big show. So not that there aren't other people listening, but that's how I'm gearing it towards. I'm gearing it towards warriors, people that are out in the world doing amazingly cool stuff, building things, creating things, uh, and, you know, are not taking the easy road. And what they need is some really good business information, some inspiration, some great entrepreneurial stories as well. Uh, and that's what the show is really geared towards, uh, you know, the, the forgotten market, if you will, of the warriors, the entrepreneurs wow. that are out there. I,
0: not, I don't think they're going to be forgotten much longer. I think that right. is the biggest exploding area in business. and that is It small statistically is. Entrepreneur. Yeah. If you go mm-hmm. and look at all the businesses in the world, uh, I'd say there are more businesses with five people or less than there are businesses of uh, 500 people or more. You got it. Um, yeah, yep. so statistically
1: that's the case by 20 in the US anyway. By 2030 it's predicted 60% of the uh, nation's of income will come from, you know, what they call freelancers, but basically entrepreneurs. Wow.
0: Love it. Love it. All right, we're going to take a short break when we come back. You've already given us the first step of the five-step process to develop the secret language of our ideal customers and that is to uh, per- is perception. Is that right? Perceive their perspective.
1: Understand their perspective. perspective. Yep.
0: I wrote that that down. I couldn't read my writing and I apologize for that. Um, I'm going to write it down again. Perspective, which is part of perception. My perception is you have to have perspective. And my perspective is we're in need of a break right now. (laughs) We're going to take a real (laughs) short break. Come right back. We're going to talk more with Jeffrey Shaw, his new book, Lingo, out today. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Want to amaze your customers, impress the people you work with, and outshine your competition? Going from average to amazing isn't an out-of-reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. In my latest book, Be Amazing or Go Home, I share the secrets behind my mantra, which is to always be amazing. Drawing on the routines of incredible people, I share simple practices that can elevate your game. Once you master those habits, you'll be able to create trust, Build stronger relationships, make sales, advance your career, and much more. Now is the time to step out of ordinary and step into being amazing. Be Amazing or Go Home is now available on Amazon.com, an ebook and hardcover. This is Amazing Business Radio with Chef Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. Jeffrey, we already talked about perspective and we talked about perception, but let's forget about perception and focus on perspective. The first step, we've mentioned it. There's four others in the process yes. developing the secret language of the ideal customer straight out of your book, Lingo. Go ahead and share
1: them with us. Awesome. Well, again, after you, once you know their perspective and really understand how the world looks like from their perspective, the second step is familiarity. But familiarity is incredibly powerful and often overlooked. And what I mean by that is familiarity creates comfort. So when you understand the perspective of your ideal customer, you might know the brands they're currently interacting with, how they see the world, what their values are, uh, what their expectations are then you want to create environments in your business and by environments i mean brick and mortar as well as online everything that the entire way in which your ideal customer interacts with your business you want to make it a familiar experience because that triggers in them this emotion of comfort which tells them hey i'm in the right place this is exactly who i want to do business with they're just they're they're like me they're they're familiar with the lifestyle that i live and how i Behave right. So familiarity, incredibly, it actually stands out. You know, I, I, uh, I've used the example that uh, if you've ever been in a foreign country and say you're on a train and everybody around you is speaking Italian, and if you don't speak Italian, the moment someone speaks English, you will hear that person more clearly, crisper, and even louder than everybody else around you, right? Because it's your if it's your native language, it's familiar to you. Mm-hmm. That's the power of familiarity from a branding perspective. If you're building your business around triggers of familiarity, you stand out above everybody else. Huge trigger. All right. Number three. Number three is style. Often overlooked, but incredibly important because style is the decision maker. We make decisions every day as we go about life, whether we want to do business or not do business with somebody based on, hey, that style resonates for me or not. We decide what we're going to put on and close every morning, whether you know that style suits me or not. It's how we shop. It's how we think. We have a very short attention span, or consumers have a very short attention span nowadays. We make quick decisions. You want to emulate, not copy. You want to just capture the essence of the style that really resonates for your ideal customer. If your ideal customer, if their style is kind of sleek and cool and and hip, you're not going to draw them forward by creating a brand style that's fuddy-duddy and old. Right. Right? So
0: staying in alignment
1: yeah exactly. So much of this chef is about alignment right It's about the, the problem is that somebody breaks, people don't know you know all the steps, which is why what I say a lingo often is i've written a I've written a linear book for nonlinear thinkers. Because my ideal, my ideal customer is very creative and all over the place. And this is a very specific strategy. That's why I've broken it down to five steps. So the fourth step is pricing psychology. And I have more fun with this step than any other step because it's incredibly powerful and in your control. People freak out about pricing. A lot of, a lot of businesses are really challenged about how to establish their pricing. Uh, they're intimidated by it when actually. Good pricing psychology should attract and magnetize your ideal customer, not scare them away. It's scary. We were saying earlier, you don't want to work with everybody. So the people it's scaring away, you don't want to work with them anyway.
0: Right. So you're saying pricing creates a – Uh, And I'm going to use the word perception, the word I used earlier. I got ahead of myself. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. And one of the things, one of the exercises I do with my coaching clients, I actually, as we're getting into pricing, I have them define for us what are the three to five ways they want to be perceived. Like decide how you want your business to be perceived. Do you want to be perceived as being high quality? Do you want to be perceived as being, uh, cost conscious for the cost conscious customer? How do you want your business to to be perceived and price yourself accordingly? One of the biggest breaks I see in businesses is that they present themselves high end. They want to be, uh, they want to come across quality, but then you look at their pricing. And their pricing is, you know, you can buy their products, you know, $97. You know, we see that all the time, $99, the 497 the 749 that whole pricing psychology. You can't price yourself to nickels and dimes or even to the dollar and then complain that your customers are nickel and diming you.
0: Yeah, right? yeah, you set, you set yourself up for that.
1: You set yourself up. So if you don't want the nickel and diamond customer, then call it what it is. It's 750. It's a thousand. It's a hundred. If you, you know, if you want the, if you want the cost conscious customer, like Walmart, Walmart wants the cost conscious customer. That's why they have rollback pricing. Everything there is priced to the one hundredth of a cent. So they can, the psychology is, Hey, we've gotten this down to the hundredth of a cent. You're not paying any more than you have to, but you go high end, everything is rounded off. Right five hundred dollars a thousand dollars yep Makes right. so sense. you actually get you get to decide where what where you want your business to position in the marketplace but you must be priced in a similar alignment of psychology all right and finally number five last step is words you know and it here's the irony we were saying before about how businesses are often built backwards that's why I laid this out in a sequential five step process putting words last because what most people do is they they have this great concept for business they build a website they load up that website with a bunch of words. The words aren't speaking the right language to your ideal customer, so you end up with whoever comes along, as opposed to once you've you've understood their perspective, you've built environments that are familiar, you know their style, you're working with their proper pricing psychology, you now can use the words, and I give very specific exercises in lingo, you can now use the words to actually call forward that are only attractive, almost only legible, if you will, to your ideal customer. That's how you... What I say is, you uh, good branding is a magnet for your deal customer and filters out the rest. All right. But you have to, you know, right? But you have to. Those words come in last. Everybody does it backwards. You know, the first thing they do is load up their website with words. But there's not if you're not speaking the right language, you're calling forward anybody and everybody.
0: All right. So we're going to start to wrap this up. And I get it. I love everything you're saying. Number one, perspective. Number two, familiarity. Number three, style. Four is pricing. Five, the words you use. As we start to wrap up, I always ask the one thing question, and that is this. Is there one thing you want to emphasize that you've talked about already today or something new you want to share that you want to make sure this audience absolutely knows about? What would that one thing be?
1: Yeah, you know, the one thing would be to, to pause, which is the last thing most entrepreneurs want to hear. So whether you're a startup or if you've been in business for decades, you know, businesses in every evolving, constant, changing thing, pause to consider much of what we talked about today. You know, if your business, if you've been a business for years and it's not working the way you want it to, if it's if it isn't working the way it used to, you know, it's because you're no longer speaking the language, the secret language of your ideal customer or the primary consumers for your customer. So sometimes we have to pause when we've been a business a long time and, and and tweak it. And Jeff, I think every business is, is you know, almost almost all businesses can be fixed, right? Um they're just as you said, it's off alignment. And if you're a new business, this is, you know, hopefully the information that will save you years of time in figuring it out. So
0: And I'll go a step further. If you're a CEO of a large business, you need to be listening to what this guy is saying, because all five of these ideas apply to any business. And I know your focus is on the small businesses, Jeffrey, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, this this is good information. This is this is solid gold. And not only pause, but pause and go back and listen to this episode again, or even better, go to Amazon and buy the book Lingo, whether you buy it as an as a actual physical book or an e-book. And then write down just three things that you're going to do as a result of this information because they're solid gold information that Jeffrey has been sharing with us. And as we start to wrap up here, I want to thank you for being on the show. I know big day today. It's the book launch, so I'm not going to keep you any longer than we have to. So, Jeffrey, thanks so much for being on Amazing Business Radio.
1: Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Glad to be here with you today.
0: Well, that wraps up another episode of Amazing Business Radio. This is why we call it amazing because, Jeffrey, you have given us some great information. Thank you very much. So until we meet again next week for another episode, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing.